Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of FT Podcast. I am your host today, taking the, today's assignment on. It's me, Quackerachi. Now, this is, podcast is all about Bond. We're going to be looking back at the Bonds that we like, the Bond films, the James Bond films that we like. I know I'm messing up my lines, but as such as the case, I was just coming out of interrogation there because I was talking to David Campbell. But with that being said, as I'm hosting this, I given the controversy surrounding Idris Elba potentially being the next Bond, it's safe to say this will be the, me hosting a show will be the closest we'll ever get to a black Bond. But anyway, I digress. Today's episode is sponsored by Okobe Paisley. See what I did there with a segue of that. Okobe Paisley, the finest in sushi and Japanese food, ramen, get your noodles, all kinds of things. Okobe and Paisley is right by on Paisley Gower Street, so you can't get a better location for an Okobe. It's absolutely delicious, and I'm sure my two guests can vouch for me on that one. Now, speaking of my two guests, first of all, now I like my cars, so I'm going to compare them to the cars in the Bond films. The first person is always the dependable one, you know, the one you fall back to. So I like to liken them to the Aston Martin DB5 that James Bond always go, falls back onto. However, when he starts talking, a whole load of smoke comes out of his backside. It's Nicky Buchanan. <laughs> Thanks, I'm actually flattered to that, by the way. Your introduction and advertisement is so much better than Truffles. It was nice I, to see a professional at work. It's, it's what I do. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm trying to get that gig as the next Bond, you know, but apparently, <laughs> apparently, as as I saw on Twitter once when people were talking about Idris Elba, James Bond was Scottish. There's no person who's black and Scottish, and I was like, excuse me, come again? Allow me to shatter your whole universe. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I was like, uh, I was like, uh, how many photos of me wearing a kilt do I reply to this message with? But anyway, we'll be there. <laughs> Then the next person I like to liken this person to the BMW Z Day on the World Is Not Enough, you know. Again, a future classic, the one that still holds a lot of value. However, again, we need to shut him up, so we'll just probably cut him in half. It is the bookend is Kieran Doherty. <laughs> I appreciate that as well. I don't even know anything about cars. See when you say like a, a car name and bond, I'm just like, cool just silver block that he drove <laughs> oh, honestly those cars were the absolute beasties they were the absolute best so what we're going to be doing in this episode obviously we're at the time of recording we do not know what's going to happen with the james bond franchise is it going to come back is it going to amalgamate into the uh, fast and the furious franchise we don't know what's going to happen, but we thought we'll take a trip down memory lane, go back into MI6, or is it MI5? It's one of the MIs, and then look back and see what Bonds we liked. So, Kieran, I'm going to kick off with you. What is the first James Bond film you would like to talk about? Oh, I don't know, actually. I can't even remember the ones I said before. Um, <laughs> like Because we, we kind of loosely planned this out, and then... Uh, I was going to go with the Timothy Dalton one, wasn't it? I, I uh, mean, I'm not to give you a prompt or anything, but should we maybe go up to space? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Moonraker. Yeah, Moonraker. Oh, hey, how did you know that? Yeah, it was, it was the, uh, it's the, the only, the only one set in space. And it's, from what I gather, from what I remember, it's 
absolute madness. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the Roger Moore ones, uh, and I, I really liked Lord Roger Moore when I was like younger, mm-hmm. uh, watching these in the nineties when they were all broadcast on ITV. Uh, and as I was a little space nerd, uh, I just just kind of grabbed on to the space version of Bond. And there was, uh, I think there was. Be like, honest, a, a... did you watch this thinking it was Star Wars or something? Yeah, I got that wrong. Yeah, <laughs> I was just just like this has to be Star Wars. It's set in space, um, but no, <laughs> I I just I just thought it was cool. I thought it was a cool name. Uh, I thought it was a cool premise. It had weird nineteen seventies lasers <laughs> that, uh, and and I, I just thought it was I thought it was pretty cool. And there's a character in this called Drax as well. Uh, yeah. Hugo Drax, but his name was Drax nonetheless. Um, so some foreshadowing for a Guardian of the Galaxy. James Bond is one of the Guardians of the Galaxy, obviously. Mm-hmm. Now you see for me in this, you mentioned Drax there. One of my favourite lines, in fact, my favourite line was from Drax in that movie. Mr. Bond, you keep defying my amusing attempts to kill you. You're not much fun. <laughs> <laughs> I just absolutely love that one. It's, it's just like, are you entertained? <laughs> it's like, no. <laughs> I just love that line. See, uh, you're already way ahead of me uh, on on Moonraker knowledge. What I remember of Moonraker is that it was called Moonraker. <laughs> so I <picked> it <laughs> just because, <laughs> like, I remember that there was a guy called Drax. Uh, Jaws yeah. was in it, I'm sure. Yeah, Jaws. Uh, am I remembering that right? Um, Do you remember how he turned and became a good guy, Jaws? No. No, you don't? I've I've honestly seen Moonraker once, and it was in the (laughs) mid-90s. So, so, there was a thing thing where Jaws basically was, he kind of, like, he was a mean guy, constantly trying to bite and uh, kill Bond. But in one of their assassination attempts, he comes across a really pretty lady who he falls in love with. And obviously the whole thing about it is that uh, Drax wants to use uh, use nerve gas to kill out, wipe out the world's population. And uh, Jaws finds out that he also wants to kill Jaws' new girlfriend. And he's like, no, I know. So literally his heart turned on. And he turned on Drax and helped Bond escape. So there you go. Uh, what, a, what a redemption story for old Jaws. I know. I know. I know. Even seven foot odd people with metal teeth deserve love. Is what it is. <laughs> Nicky, are you a Moonraker fan yourself? Uh, I've never seen Moonraker, although I would like to see it. Because uh, I watched... One of mine has got this actor in it, I think. Okay. I think, and uh, it said on the, the information thing of it that this was like the start of his kind of more absurd movies. Yeah. So that yeah. one sounds a lot more absurd. <laughs> and that guy Jaws was in one of the ones I liked as well. Mm-hmm. And I thought, no. as soon as he came on, I was like, that's fucking cool. That's just a big monster. <laughs> it's it is it's madness. Like it, Moonraker was like two years after Star Wars, so Star Wars comes out. And was like this amazing like cultural reset for science fiction. Uh, and Moonraker went, cool, let's capitalise on that and try and do it the way that it was done before. <laughs> so they went, let's make a space film. And like they were like, all right, should we should we look to the, the successful space film for, for tips? And 
and uh, like Lewis Gilbert's just like, no, 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 no. I'm just no, going to make go it like it. those pulpy, uh, pulpy stuff for the fifties. Um, but yeah, uh, I, like I thought Roger Moore was a cool Bond. Um, I, I think he had that sort of, uh, that had that look about him that. It had a sort of mischievous look that I could believe that he was like a, a spy. Like the other other Bonds have either been like super handsome or like just like of the time, but Roger Moore just seemed a believable uh, roguish spy to me uh, back then because he was in he was in a lot of good ones. Like Moonraker, <laughs> the one that I've picked is terrible compared to like he was in The Spy Loved Me. He was in. Uh, for your eyes only and octopusy and stuff, but yeah, <laughs> and the view to a kill, which is probably the best one. Um, it didn't, it, it, it bombed to be honest. Um, but uh, like I, I still like a view to a kill that stuff on the uh Golden Gate Bridge, but Moonraker was just like, like it, it shouldn't have made it like the idea just shouldn't have made it past um, past production. I feel like somebody should have just looked at it, then looked at Star Wars and went, no. Nah, we're just going to stay out of that that zone, <laughs> but for some reason they they stuck with it and and it was a shaky landing to say the least. That's a, that's what's up. That's what's up. So we already found it out you like the Roger Moore Bond films. So we're going to segue on to Nikki. Nikki, is there any Bond film? That was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, it was beautiful. That was a beautiful seamless, seamless. I was thinking. I hope he does this. Uh, Spy Who Loved Me I was okay. uh, there was a Sunday afternoon about four weeks ago I was playing pool and there was a telly on and it was like just middle of the afternoon on a Sunday and Spy Who Loved Me came on and I was like I'm just going to watch this whole thing and it was amazing I'd never watched like any of the old Bonds I've only seen like the Pierce Brosnan ones and the Daniel Craig ones and like mm-hmm. I've seen bits of other ones so I'd never seen any Roger Moore. I'd never heard like Steve Coogan impersonating Roger Moore. I'd never even seen him. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, Fuck, I'm just going to watch this. And I thought it was amazing. It was like everything I thought an old Bond movie would be. Like he was just cool and everything went his way. And he obviously won at the end. I was like, this is just class. This is just a good James Bond movie. And I agreed to what, um, what Kieran was saying earlier about him looking like a good spy. I thought he looked more anonymous than the usual Bonds. Yeah. And uh, I loved it. I thought it was such a good bond, but I've not seen any other ones, especially this weird one. <laughs> but I did. I loved it. I thought it was brilliant. And I've talked about this in the podcast before. But I was watching it and I'd said to Gary, I was like, this is going to be, I bet this is going to be pure sexist. And uh, and it was, obviously. <laughs> like, he did say a lot of sexist things. But then it gets to a point where he's in a car with a female lead and then she crashes into somebody or crashes into a wall and he does, like, a James Bond, like snarky line where he goes female drivers and then she looks <laughs> at him and she drives away and she kills the people that are going for them so mm-hmm. it was like it made him look stupid you know what I mean the camera like goes in on him and it's like look at this idiot and I was thinking see if that came out now people would be going oh that's woke that's like lefties and all that and I was like <laughs> this is fucking years ago and they're still going I is sexist but he's also the idiot yeah <laughs> that was in the 70s as well uh, as well yeah, so exactly. it was like <laughs> like there's no excuse. Like oh, it's it, it's from a old time. Like yeah, they like they were still bucking the uh, expectation there. Like that's it's, aye, exactly. That's what I thought. I thought it was pure different. But aye, I loved it, and I would watch. It made me want to watch old ones. But even when I'm saying that, this was like 
months ago, I think, even <laughs> over a month ago, and I've not watched any other ones. I know, I like one the, of the Pierce Brosnan ones was on last night. It's weird though that, that like the the James Bond films were perfect for just finding them on telly. Uh, and, I, and I, right I, now, it's not something that people do anymore. Like. You have to be in like your grand's house or in a house that actually has telly, and you're just flicking the channels. You're like, oh, James That's Bond. That's exactly it. Where mm-hmm. the the pool table that I play on is only get free view on the telly, so I don't Aye. have any options. It just <sighs> happened, so it was on ITV too. But you're actually yeah, buying but... one because when I've sat to go and go like I'm going to watch James Bond, I can't be arsed. But I know. If it was even in prep for this, I was like, like we basically had like someone. a week's notice, <laughs> and I had watched zero James <laughs> Bond. <laughs> Ricky's such an old school guy going to a pool room to watch James Bond. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Pool room earlier this year, just like one of my pals was in a like tournament and I went there and I was just it was bizarre that how full it was. I was I thought this was just like a hidden like I, I thought it was oh, just it was like a hole in the wall, but it's like a full hidden culture. Yeah. <laughs> uh, mate, see pool pool leagues are massive. Jeez, oh. There's pool leagues everywhere, old pubs and all that. It's mental. Sponsored by James Bond. <laughs> James Bond films just typing through James the telly. The, <laughs> the sticker club that I play at has always got four in a bed on the telly. <laughs> always got four in a bed on the telly. Now, see, for me, with The Spy Who Loved Me, two elements of it. Yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit uh, awkward saying this now, but I'm just like the old school versus the ex-Soviet KGB type feeling to a Bond film. I kind of like that. Like the kind of ex-KGB agents that would go rogue, which actually segues into yeah. my favourite ever Bond. And also how scary the shark pool was in that. Like, wow. Uh, that's one other thing I remember about that. Was just, you just see them, the sharks swimming yeah. around. The, bot, the person goes in and then you just see a whole load of blood and I was like, whoa. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I digress. I digress. So, what's that? Now, you two have picked two Roger Moore films. Is it safe to say you would say that he's your favourite Bond? I will come to you, Kieran, first of all. I would, like, like, if you'd asked me that before, I would have said probably not. Uh, but thinking about it, like the, uh, there's two eras of Bond for me. Like there's the old era, and then there's like the nineties and beyond. Yeah. So like I've got two favorite Bonds. That I would say it's Roger Moore, and then uh, Pierce Brosnan. Um, but that's only because I liked <laughs> Gold Knight. Um, but the like I wouldn't have like. It's a weird question to ask me because I push back against uh, liking Bond like I always like Bond in the moment and then after the fact or before it I'm just like Bond's dumb <laughs> like, <laughs> but, like I just don't like I don't I don't want br- like British spy guy to, to to be the hero but then I watch the film and I'm like that was pretty sick <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah Roger Moore's pro- like just come back to it like it just feels more like a spy like you, you, like it could be an accountant for all you know. Uh, just yeah. looking at him, you know. Uh, but turns out he's this secret agent man, uh, and I, I like that about him. That unassuming, uh, like, <laughs> like you're not going to get any eventfulness with this dude. Like <laughs> this, this vanilla ice cream looking guy. It's business. 
No, just just smart casual. <laughs> there you go, there you go. How about for you, Nike? Would you say the same or? Yeah, see, when I was younger, the James Bond, the first James Bond I remember was when I was young. It was Pierce Brosnan. That was the first James Bond I'd seen. Yeah. So that's always just what I imagined James Bond was. Do you know what I mean? Because even I seen like Sean Connery and Daniel Craig and stuff. I just in my head, I'd be like, that's not what Bond's like. And I think Roger Moore was like the closest to being like. They, they two, I think, were quite close together in their performances of him. But it's like, it's not dead out there like he is a spy. He's mm-hmm. like, uh, just straight down the middle, he's a spy and he's going to kill people and go save the day. There's <laughs> no messing about with Pierce Brosnan and Roger Moore. So I, I would say it was my favourite because when I watched it, I was like, this is this seems like what I imagine it would be like. Mm-hmm. What I imagine it's intended to be played like. Now, before I go and ask you all if there's another Bond that you remember fondly, I'm just going to introduce the one that I like. would say was hands down my favourite, and that is Goldeneye. I absolutely love Goldeneye. Mm. It just had such a good storyline, the amount of betrayal, and it just made a lot of sense, the betrayal. It also kind of gave us a history lesson with the Cossacks and the Soviets during the war and how... Uh, Britain turned their back on the Cossacks and stuff like that. Uh, so it gave us a nice history lesson. The only thing that annoyed me, and I remember during COVID, you know how they were saying all this, like during COVID, there was these things like if there was a film that you would not change a character, a line or anything, Goldeneye almost fell into that category for me. My only bugbear with Goldeneye is because I love cars, the fact that a BMW Z3, which is like, I'm sorry, it's like a complete hair uh, hair dryer of a car, and <laughs> it wasn't really featured in the film. See if they had shoehorned the car chase from The World Is Not Enough into that. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. But just because of the Z3 and it's such a hair dryer car, it's not the perfect film but everything else was so good. And then we actually talked about this on the chat as well, Kieran, about GoldenEye on the N64. How fun of a game was that? That game's iconic. Like, I I got the... Like, I'd played it before, um, but I actually got a copy of it uh, just last year. And, like, within 24 hours, I'd finished the game. (laughs) Like, I just sat down. Like, I had the day off. I just sat down, played GoldenEye. Uh, and it's oh, it's so good. It opens so well, um, just with that damn level, and then oh, it's so it's just such a good such a good game. Um, and every time I watch, like now because I've played that that game so many times now, um, every time it comes to the end of Goldeneye, I just see like obviously we see Sean being there, but. In my mind, he's running around like a madman trying to escape. <laughs> like yeah. it's it is is it it's informed. It's retroactively informing the film. Like because I'm like, see, realistically, that that guy's running around uh, at insane speeds <laughs> so, to make it more difficult to 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 be shot. Um, so I think of uh, I think of the game every time I every time I encounter the the film now. But Goldeneye is. Probably, like I didn't want to take it away from you because I knew you were going to pick it. But Goldeneye is probably my favourite Bond film. 
like so I, I was forced to pick a different one. Um, oh, it's a party. It's a party. <laughs> if you want it to be your favorite, you you have it your favorite. Is this is this is an open democracy? Uh, uh, that's that's how I run it. You're confusing cool. me for truffles, by the way. Ah, uh, is that is that a David thing? Cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 That kid will tell you. Oh yeah. Go oh, yeah, favorite. Goldeneye's my favourite Bond. Uh, Pierce Brosnan's my favourite Bond. And uh, like just everybody in Goldeneye just nailed the performances for me. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Bookend, Kieran, do you have another Bond film you would like to talk about? Oh, I'm now like adapting on the fly because I looked at my other pick and I was like, man, I just picked the two lowest performing Bond films. Um, don't forget, it was of a different time when you could actually afford to buy a Fredo uh, before inflation became a thing. So yeah, but it's one of those adjusting things. for inflation, like the the two films that I was picking were were way way low. Um, I always wanted to pick like I thought Timothy Dalton was a cool Bond, um, but I think I only thought that. After I saw I Love You Man, <laughs> because <laughs> Paul Rudd just referenced him, and I was like, Do you know what? Timothy Dalton was a cool Bond, but I don't really think he was. Um, another Bond. What's the one I would pick? Wait, is The Living Daylights the one with the cello player? Yeah, The Living yeah. Daylights, I would pick. Um, that is a Timothy Dalton one. I was going to pick mm-hmm. the other one, uh, what's it called? The License to Kill. Um, but Living Daylights, I would probably pick um, just because it's the most recent Bond film that I've seen other than the other ones that we mentioned. Um, but I thought that one was pretty cool because it, uh, again, it's that KGB era sort of spy stuff because it was <laughs> it was set like within 10 years of sort of Goldeneye. Um, but yeah, uh, I thought that was pretty cool. There was this cool part. I think I think it was this one that the it shows you the minutia of him being sort of smuggled over the the border and stuff, and him realistically trying to get away from these and not just like like side wipe, uh, and then suddenly he's just in a different country. It showed you the difficulty uh, for Bond getting away from the scene of a attempted assassination, um, and I thought. I thought that was pretty interesting because it wasn't just sort of glorifying the the spy life. It was like, ha, ah, now you're in a different country. Suddenly you got away, obviously. Um, it was like, man, like you've just been attempted assassination. You're the one that they're looking for. You need to get the F out of this <laughs> country. Um, so I, I really liked that. I think that. Um, it took the time to actually craft that and made it a more believable setting and a more believable situation and I, I kind of enjoyed that and that's that late 80s sort of era of filmmaking as well when they're they're just I don't know it, it's just a reminiscent era for me I just like that's that was the era of all the films that I sort of grew up on so like when I went back and watched it last year uh, it was just like a, a comfort watch yeah does see i've this is actually one of the ones that have escaped me but i will definitely be watching that because uh what's not to like i mean i i'm gonna say this very carefully before the feds come after me cello xkgb 
It's it's all the good things. <laughs> it's all the good things. <laughs> That's just what you need. You just need a, a cello player and some ex KGB yeah. ties. Uh, I totally realise in isolation what I just said will get me into a lot of trouble. So let's just hope it's not taken out of context anyway. So oh well, it is what it is. She was also like mad. Like it was. Miriam Dabo, I think her name was. Like she, she was also my favourite sort of Bond girl uh, of the time because of that. Um, just because she was a, a cello player, <laughs> I thought she was the coolest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had a big crush on her. That's basically all. Is that where you? Is that where you class as cool? You did cello players. Nerd <laughs> <laughs> man. Jesus Christ! Favourite cello you players. Must you must lose yourself man. if you ever go to the Royal Albert Hall. <laughs> Yeah, man, uh, just like uh, I like I like classical music. What can I say? You watching that and then going, oh my god, she plays the cello. She's perfect. I was like, I just I thought she was so cool. Like she was a cello player and she was like a sort of a, a spy type. type I, I think it's because of the good fingering they do. Whoa. <laughs> anyway, before I get to any more trouble, Nikki, do you have another one? Save the show, please. Save the show. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go for Casino Royale. Okay, yes, yes, yes. So, one? Casino Royale, uh, the, the Daniel Craig one. Okay, right. <laughs> this I'm was the first one I remember going and seeing in the cinema. And, like, it being like, oh my god, there's a Bond film out. And it was pure different to, like, the other kind of Bond movies. It'd all been, like, action focused. And this one was a bit more, like, kind of calm and all that. Um, the thing is, I don't really remember much about it, right? I've just got this really strong memory about um, that movie where I was sitting in the cinema with my family. And I was sitting next to my dad, and he tapped me at the car roll bit, and he was like, that was a world record. And that's all I remember about it. See, like, the one bit, the car rolls down a hill, and it rolls, like, seven times or something, and I, I, I think it's a world record. But that's my one memory about it, is my dad, because my dad's, like, not into movies, not into any of that. They just remembered that was a fact, and he was obviously like, looking forward to it coming. But as soon as it happened, he was like, that was a world record. He'd obviously read it in the paper and then was like, I'm going to fucking blow their minds with this. <laughs> that was, that's such a very, very fact true. as well. And... That was very true because that, that was like... filmed at Melbrook Proving Grounds, which is like a car testing site uh, in Britain that a lot of cars are there. Basically, I love cars, as you can tell. Do you like uh, cars? I love my cars, you see. I love my cars. Um, but yeah, Casino Royale, like obviously, very much set in the casino, hence the name and everything. One thing I do remember from Casino Royale, personally, was when Bond is captured and he's being tortured and getting whipped right to the balls and he's in a lot of pain, then he just starts laughing and it's like so <laughs> <Is> it- weird. <laughs> Oh yeah, when he's, oh, getting, like, he's like, enjoying it. Culture. It was I just suppose like... he has, if he has that, like the the way you would imagine him into it is he could probably just switch into being like that to just get himself through those things. You would imagine if he has just one character, he'd have been some through through some shit. Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> like guys, if it's the same, like if if it's the same guy that's that's been in all these sort of story, all these James Bonds, like he's been shot and stabbed yeah. and stuff, and he's, he might have he's, PTSD. <laughs> he's like, finally, something, something, a change. <laughs> some... Finally, a feeling. <laughs> yeah, swift <laughs> shot to the boss. 
<laughs> Do you know what I was going to say about the Casino Royale as well? Is I read at one point that Quentin Tarantino wanted to direct, write and direct James Bond movies, and what he wanted to do was Casino Royale. Oh, yeah, because and then like, he kind of accused them of taking the idea to remake them. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't believe that. To be honest, like, Quentin, not... Tarantino, Quentin Tarantino's probably like if Quentin Tarantino was Scottish, he would have had a trial for Celtic. You know, like he's that <laughs> he's that type of guy. Like he's like, no, oh, yeah, I would have, I, I, I was going to go pro. <laughs> you know, like uh, I, I, don't know. I think he probably would just talk shit then. <laughs> but was I've... that old old Casino Royale as well? Wasn't there the the was that a musical? Yeah, I've never seen that one. Is that a parody? Way, way back. It's like a 60, 1960s spy parody. It's just James Bond's musical. Do you know, this is another random um, fucking James Bond fact I've just remembered. Doctor No was written, was written, the screenplay was written by Roald Dahl. Oh, what? Uh, there's a mad fact for you. Jeez, oh. And it was in the family, he... just dropping these mad facts. I know, exactly, just dropping bombs on you. <laughs> I've remembered and held on to for this point. Uh, he was in the army with the James Bond author. What was it Ian Fleming? He was in the Rogue Dallin Hammer in the army together. So then when it got made into a movie, the first one, he wanted Rogue Dow to write it. That is that one. It's a mad fact, and I love asking people about that, about who wrote the first James Bond movie. He's going to never get it. Nobody will ever say Rondell. <laughs> BFG or I know. Can, can you just imagine like Matilda being the next Bond villain? <laughs> Honestly, I bet you you'll remember that forever. It's such a mad fight. <laughs> Actually, see on that, Miss Trunchbull would have been the perfect Bond villain. Ah, uh, no, it's not Doctor No, it's you only live twice. Oh, so it is. So it is. Yeah. I just looked up. I was like, "What? That's wild! That's so wild!" Like he was in the RAF. Oh, that's a Sean Connery one as well, man. That's mad, isn't it? Dal was involved in writing James Bond. That's madness. So, folks, obviously, it's up in the air who's going to be the next Bond. Now, we did ask our lovely audience. Yes, we actually have that. Our lovely audience, who would they like to see as the next Bond? So, I'm going to read out some names one by one, and I'm just going to see how, <laughs> how you two react to it. So, first one, Henry Golding. I could see that. I like Henry Golding. I think he's suave enough. Um to, to, to pull it off. Um, I don't think I've seen him in a, an action role, though. Does anybody remember? Henry oh, he's in The Gentleman. Kind of oh, so he is. Yeah, you're right. And he was fucking brilliant, The Gentleman. Aye, I could see him as Bond. Oh, wait, he was, he was a good, like, suave dresser, man. Yeah, man. Dude, dude can wear a suit. The a tall drink of really water. good in that. But then I just imagine him, I've always just imagined him like a villain because I've not really seen him in much else. But I think he would be a good Bond because he was fucking cool, man. He was Snake Eyes in that G.I. Joe spin-off. Yeah. Oh, pretty much I've nobody seen saw. That. Did you I see it? I think I've seen that. No, I've not. No, I've not. I've just looked it up. I've not seen that. <laughs> <laughs> I like doing Crazy Rich Asians in Last Christmas. I've never seen those. 
I actually do need to watch Crazy Rich Asians. always says it's good. So oh, it's brilliant. Is that a yeah or a nay? Yeah. I would. I yeah. would say yeah for him. Like I think okay. he's. I think he could carry that, and he's not got a lot of like a lot of things that you would visibly tie him to. You know, like when you've got if you cast an actor that's too synonymous with another role, mm-hmm. it's difficult to place him as this big rope, this big character. Um. So I think he. I think he slots right in. Okay. Next one we got. Is Taron Egerton? Too yeah. short, no. <laughs> no, no, he's too small. Too wee. Like, come on. He's too yeah. small. He's not convincing. Because obviously he did play uh, Gary Exe in The Kingsman, so there's a kind of correlation there. I think that's where they're going with. I actually know that. Can you believe that? <laughs> yeah, yeah is just, that a film you too small. I have seen James The Kingsman. Is, big. is that, is that because Kingsman it has good it. cars? Kingsman was good, yeah, I enjoyed that. that. Cool. I watched the, what's the, yeah, I watched the Kingsman and then what's what's the one that has, what's the one where the women's cooking guys? What's that? Oh Is that yeah. Kingsman? Oh yeah, like the, the mechanical dogs as well. Aye, what's that? <laughs> the robotic dogs, Jam. and they they put you through a meat grinder and turn you into a burger. Oh, that was. <laughs> Oh. I watched that one recently. It was, yeah. it was madness. I think in the Kingsman, sorry to keep going on about how small he is, but in the Kingsman, he seems noticeably small. Like, see when he's with Colin Firth, he seems yeah. like he Colin seems young. Is like a giant man, though, isn't he? Like, and he like, uh, he's amazing. Colin. We don't want to keep going on about the Kingsman, but that bit in the church with three birds playing and he's just battering people. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so yeah. It's <good. laughs> so good. I remember watching that and going, these are so simple. Just put Freebird on, and I have loads of things happening, and it's class. That was Easy a well choreographed that. fight as well. <laughs> so I'm guessing that's a nay from you all. Yeah, I don't want no, no. Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want that. Like okay, next one, Idris Elba. I know yes. I wasn't the one that said that before. People said, "Of, of course, it was you." But... <laughs> No, definitely. Idris Elba's a fucking man, isn't he? I mean, yeah. he is. literally anything he does is good. Could you guys so, ever... I mean, see if he was to... See, like, he's ruled himself out of it. And yeah. I actually think that a, a personal thing, he's ruled it out because he doesn't want the kind of backlash. I think that's a big part of it. Whether yeah, he will, Exactly. Whether he will say that or not, that's going to be... Uh, like, do you guys... I'm not. Oh. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit here and ask you. Would you like to see a black James Bond? Because I'm not. It's like ask you. Are you guys racist? But is it something you could ever <laughs> see? Like you know what I mean? Is it something I could you see could it ever sure. see? Like, I, yeah, like, but you could also see the Facebook comments. Yeah, yeah like it would be. Thing. It would be it's horrific for be, the person. Who, uh, you don't want to force somebody to take the mantle, do you? Yeah. Like, it's, it's a hard thing. It would be a hard thing for somebody to do because people in this country are very small minded. Yeah, for, sure. for some reason, people really care about what a fucking made-up character looks like. I, I remember when I worked in a pub, somebody going, James Bond is a Scottish white guy, and I was like, James Bond doesn't fucking exist, mate. We've He's also we've also He's been pretend. prejudiced against like short people there as well. Like James Bond yeah. shouldn't be that short. <laughs> that's one thing. Well, I mean, as long as his funny, like, right, that's all I can do. I mean, we had no we had no qualms ha- uh, having an actor who was Australian or an actor that was Irish as James yeah. Bond. So it's like yeah, <laughs> imagine the queen. The queen would have actually like, like if yeah, yeah like if you actually. Like in real life, if you revealed it to the Queen that James Bond 
like her main spy uh, in in her secret service was uh, was um, was Irish, she probably would have died sooner. <laughs> like, she just like just just packed in, slept in that day, you know. Um, but Idris Elba, Idris Elba is like uh, he's a secret agent in the Cyberpunk DLC. I played that recently, and he's like. Obviously, he's done the motion capture for it, and he's done the voice acting for it. Mm-hmm. So he's done acting as a secret agent before, but it was still—I will say—it was still difficult to accept him as a badass spy when I know in my heart he can't handle a hot chicken wing. <laughs> <laughs> so I, don't, I feel like James Bond would hey. nail hot ones, you know? Like, hey, 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 that man. Can charm anyone into bed. He's just the absolute epitome of suave, cool, and everything. So for me, he is he is my top choice for Bond. Um, and plus, what a story that would be! But hey ho, um, small <laughs> small minded people win. Unfortunately, I was talking to bed by Black James Bond. What's that? That's that. That would be like how you would tell the tale. It's like you'd be like, yeah. I was talking to to bed by Black James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> Like, the, the, the far the right only real big name that I would, that I would like to see, see apart from that, I'd like to just give it to somebody that you don't know. Obviously, they won't do that, but yeah. apart from Idris Elba, I think just give it to somebody you don't know and just be like, right, that's James Bond now. Okay, so the next, next name is Idris Elba. I think just give it to somebody you don't know and just be like, right, that's James Bond now. Okay, so the um, next, next name is Idris Elba. I think just give it to somebody you don't know and just be like, right, that's James Bond now. Okay, so the next name is Idris Elba. No, he was in the Eternals. He was in the oh, Eternals yeah. as like the main hero guy. He is a alumni of the Royal Conservatoire. That should get you into Bond, apparently. Yeah, I would say I for Richard Madden. He's because he's yeah, not he's been a main. He's not been a main character. That you know, like any time he's been like a main, like a, an important character, he's always kind of been off to the side. Um, so I, I feel like he's he's got sort of, it could be his time to shine as the sort of central figure. Okay, the next one, a simple yeah or nay, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, the green M&M. Yay! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> let, the pe- let the people riot. <laughs> the M&Ms are great in that affair. Yeah. Yeah. Do. <laughs> you, know something, you know something so ironic? Uh, the knuckle draggers will probably rather have the green M&M rather than... I know, that's true. that's true. That's true. Joe's the, mental the, is, I was sitting here prepared to talk about Henry Cavill or whatever his name is there. I was thinking the zombie, the last one's obviously going to be him. And then the green M&M came out. <laughs> 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 like, okay. I, 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 I suggested that as a joke. <laughs> but... <laughs> Uh, it's it's just it, I don't know. It's emblematic that we don't uh, have uh, like we, we're we're having to cater to arseholes when we're thinking about the casting. So, um, as what is I know. I mean, uh, thought the green M M&M and M was too sexy, so they had to pull it back because <laughs> they thought it was going to taint the kids. <sighs> okay, second last Terrible. one. Yeah or nay, Andrew Garfield. Oh, I've never he's even an thought English and that. American actor. Uh, no, I think he's nice. Yeah, I could see him as a Q. 
Yeah, he'd be a brilliant cue, actually. That's a great shout, by the way. He'd be a brilliant cue. Okay, so he's a cue. How do you mean into him, though? No, you're not the main man. You go off yeah. to the side. <laughs> like, shut up, cue. Get back into the yeah. lab. <laughs> shut up, you geek. I know. <laughs> Where's my motor? <laughs> now, this may be up your street, bookend. Last one we're going to suggest, but that came out from our lovely audience, Hayden Christensen. I don't really like Hayden Christensen. All right, okay. I thought I'm the whole Star Wars thing you would like that, but no. No, like I'm, I'm of a, I'm of a different era of Star Wars myself. Like okay. I was annoyed when they were put, they forced Hayden Christensen into Return of the Jedi. So uh-huh. he's not my guy. That's Benji's. That's Benji's main bag. He, he's not my Hayden Christensen. Ain't my main squeeze. Nicky, <laughs> how about for you? Uh, no, I quite like the Hayden Christensen just got to fucking go off into the sunset. I think he runs a farm and stuff in Canada. I think yeah, yeah. I quite like it. He just does his own thing and just shows up as Darth Vader sometimes. Now, folks, one <laughs> each if you have. If you have any that wasn't on the OG list I just read out, is there anybody you would like to put forward for consideration? Uh, Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill, probably, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um. I would, like, just to go mental with it, I would, like, say that Bond is just a moniker. Like, it's just not, it's not, uh, like, it's codename James Bond, you know, like, and I would cast literally anybody. Make it a woman, make it any other person. Like, because... For the... The the Twitter I I could already hear the Twitter exploded at the fall of a woman bond. Like it's just I don't know. Like who's uh, who's the thing who who played who played uh, Agent Carter in the Marvel stuff? What's her name? Agent Carter. Uh, don't actually know. Haley Atwell. I would okay. cast Haley Atwell as Agent 007 and Maker Bond. Like, I know that they've done that, like, there's a new 007, uh, they've done that within the more modern films, and James Bond, mm-hmm. the guy, is there, but they should just make it, like, just retcon it and just say, Bond is the code name, and just attach it to Hayley Atwell and make her the driving force of that for, like, a few years, and then then you can just can regenerate them like like Doctor Who every every like four years. Nicky, have you got another name, or you're happy with the list we've put forward so far? I think I'm happy. I'm not a bad name creator. I'm very bad at thinking of names. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Honestly, so I'm happy. I would go with whatever it is. Well, folks, join in the conversation with us. Make sure you're subscribed to us, FT Podcast. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the whole shebang. Make sure you join in the conversation, subscribe to us, and also check out our back catalogue or whenever you're listening to this. We have so much more, so make sure you're subscribed and listening back. Folks, this has been the assignment. The mission is complete. Thank you both very much for joining me. A huge thank you to Nicky Buchanan. Thank you. It was great. And to the bookend, Kieran Doherty. <laughs> I love that this name is stuck. It's so good. I like how he keeps calling you the bookend. I know. I, I, got, <laughs> I got, I, look, 
I'm a professional. I got given prof- uh, professional production direction, so I'm a stick to it. All right, Brookhead. Oh, did somebody? Okay, all right. Did all right. Somebody okay. put you onto this. Someone put me. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say if I told you, then I may have to kill you. So, okay. uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, a whole load of green gas is going to be pumped into your where you're living right now, Kaden. So <laughs> you will be faded out in about five, four, three. Two. <laughs> there we go, he's dead. Oh well, this podcast is in memory of the bookend. So if that, I bet you. Thank you. Good night. Bye. Bye.